Welcome to On Texas Football, one of my favorite times of the week, Saturday conversation with one Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Paul, also the author of Thinking Texas Football, uh, a 177-page magazine with nothing but longhorn uh, brouhaha and good stuff. Uh, Paul, welcome to the show. And uh, we've talked about what we want to talk about today in this conversation. Uh, and it really hinges a lot on this final scrimmage that's going to go on later today in Austin, uh, in DKR, where uh, Texas and Steve Sarkeesian basically play one another uh, in the final scrimmage of, of the fall camp. So, Bobby, I always look forward to this as well. I can't wait to talk about the scrimmage and the position battles. Two quick points. Uh, it is not a magazine. It's a book, Bobby. <laughs> There's Orwell, Melville, Faulkner, Wadlington, Okay. <laughs> And then secondly, I realized I'm chewing gum. So when the camera came on, I realized it. So what's the etiquette here? Do I swallow it or do I spit it out? What do I do? This is bad YouTube etiquette to chew gum. I will let you decide how we do that, Paul. I I will let you decide. So you be the the arbiter. Just like I'm going to ask you this. Yes, go for it. I'll see that one later. Yeah, I think seven years is the is the age, right? That that'll last in your intestines. Hey, That's right. in all seriousness, let's 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 get going on let's this. Stuff. Going. Um, let's start with the offense and talk about what you're really wanting to hear and see and think about with them two weeks now, exactly to the day of when they take on Rice. So, if last week, so there's two things. There's the positional battles. There's cementing certain looks and packages. And then there's, you want to not see the ball hit the ground, right? If you're on offense, whether that's incompletions, bad routes or fumbles, God help the running back who does that, right? With, with that running back room. So uh, I, I think they want to throw the ball around in this scrimmage. Honestly, I, I would like to see Quinn get out there and throw it around a little bit, run some hurry up, run some tempo, put in some of our exotics, Put in some, you know, empty backfield. See how Quinn handles the quick timing routes and getting the ball out based on coverage. Just stuff like that that we may want to have in our back pocket for a future opponent who just, you know, we might play some good defenses, but you put that extra receiver out there and every receiver can hurt you. And suddenly that pass defense kind of falls apart, right? So I, I want to see that. I think we should do some situational stuff, right? You want to go jumbo. You want to say, hey, it's it's third and three. We're putting the ball on the three-yard line. We're down six points. We're going to run the ball between the tackles twice. We're telling the defense that score. Like, let's go. And I think they're going to do some of that. And then once you've got your work in, get your starters off the field <laughs> as quickly as possible. So that's that's kind of my hope. I think you want to work hard. I think you want to really get after it and have some intensity, like it's a game tempo. And then I think you want to get once you've got your work in, let's get these guys off the field and, and put in the second and third teamers and see what they've got and, and, and look at their development. Let me ask you this, because you just touched on something that we talked about on Friday on the live stream. Uh, myself, Ian Boyd was part of that discussion. Jerry Hamilton, the variety of looks you just described. OK, five wides, you know, yep. n- you know, no backs, di- different kinds of looks and stuff. Um, you think that that is possible now more 
since Quinn Ewers is in his second year as a starter. Whereas the first two years, you got to remember, Sark had a new starter in Hudson Card slash Casey Thompson and then a new starter in Quinn Ewers year two. Do you think that becomes more possible? A ver- the variety or the playbook opens up the more the quarterback is there. And, and is that going to be a benefit to the Longhorns in, on offense? A hundred percent. And you can't open the playbook up without giving more autonomy to the quarterback on the field. You're, you're seeding some of your decision-making to the player on the field. The more you open up the playbook and you allow them to make some more decisions based on the defense, they're going to see outside of our normal range. You know, right now people are practicing against Texas. They're probably looking at a lot of 12. They're looking, probably guessing that we're going to run a lot of 11. Uh, those are good guesses, but we need to have some other stuff to, to cross them up. And when you do that, you got to have a more mature quarterback. But the supporting cast also, Bobby, the offensive line is going to be leveled up, right? You're going to also have better options at wide receiver. Frankly, Quinn didn't have great options at wide receiver past WR2. So I think that's going to level up considerably. Uh, and I think – you know, in totality, you're just going to have the ability to to have more options, more optionality, and seed more authority to the players on the field. It's interesting. Um, we talked at, at the outset about uh, talking speaking with Paul Wallington of Inside Texas, Thinking Texas Football. Uh, Paul, one of the things we talked about at the outset are the position battles we're waiting to see. We've talked about them a lot. The offensive guard role. Uh, where does Isaiah Nayor fit in this offense if he's healthy? Go over some of those that you're really looking for and thinking about uh, in the final days of fall camp. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the interior line focused like a laser, and it's not focused on Jake Majors as it seems to be for 80% of the Texas fan base. Uh, the, the issues that Texas predominantly had last year <clears throat> were at guard, both guard spots, uh, starting a true sophomore, starting a true freshman who, by the way, played injured uh, with a torn labrum, which is that's a pain tolerance injury. So Cole Hudson is a tough hombre because every time he fired out on someone, his shoulder hurt a lot. And uh, so kudos to him. That said, you can't expect a very high level of play from a true freshman uh, at tackle. And I understand a bunch of you are shouting Kelvin Banks right now. But if you use freaks to define your rules for life or your wisdom for life, you're, you're not going to have any wisdom for your life. Uh, Kelvin Banks is, is in his own category of of, of, you know, top 10 NFL draft pick in two years. So uh, I think we're going to be looking at those. I think DJ Campbell has taken over that guard position from Cole Hudson. I think it's a tough battle. And then I think Hayden Connor and Nato Umazulu are, are in a fight. And whatever happens there is probably good news. Either Hayden Connor got better or Nato surpassed a guy who didn't get, uh, you know, didn't get good enough or improved quite enough. I, I did want to add one point on that, and it's a little bit of a fine distinction. And I, I want to see if you agree, but I kind of feel strongly about this. The reason you will rotate, or the reason Texas will rotate some at, on the offensive line at guard early in the season is to find the starter. The reason we will rotate on the defensive line is because we've got a lot of good players and we want to stress the opposing offense, right? Those guys can play harder. They can go faster. They can give it all on every snap if they know they're only out there for 30 snaps on defense. The offensive line, if you have conditioning issues at guard, 
after 30 snaps, you've got a problem, right? <laughs> with the player, with your conditioning program. You know, offensive linemen don't have the work rate, the output of defensive line. So the reason we're rotating is to find the eventual starter. And that starter will then take 90% of the future snaps. Is that is that something you kind of see it the same way? Oh, I think that there's no question that, that that's the way. It, it, and it's, it's always going to work that way because uh, the offensive lineman knows where he's going ahead of time. The defensive lineman is constantly reacting, right? And uh, that, that's the difference. I mean, an offensive lineman theoretically knows when they take time off uh, a little bit, right? When the play's going away from them, they, all they have to do is seal the backside. That, that's a demonstrably easier task than a defensive lineman who still has to chase down that play even if he is from the backside. Um, well, the, reason, the reason I brought that up, Bobby, is I've actually gotten a private message from someone and some other undercurrents about this being discussed. And maybe it was on another board or something. Uh, don't don't read other boards. That problem will be solved. But uh, that's the reason this is happening. So people are saying, oh, we're going to have a rotation in depth on the offensive line. We go 10 deep. We're going to play everyone and rotate them through the year. No, no, no. Christian Jones and and Kelvin Banks, they're coming off the field sparingly. Uh, you know, we will work in our third tackle, and that's something we need to identify in the scrimmage, by the way. Make sure we're sure on our third tackle. But the reason we're rotating NATO or the reason we're going to rotate DJ Campbell a little bit in the beginning of the year is to make sure that we've got the correct starter under game conditions. It's not to build depth or, or concerns about conditioning on the offensive line. That's that's it's a different animal from the defensive line. So I just wanted to make that point. One more question for you. Um, how would you work? And, and this is something that's been uh, been thinking about for a while. How would you work Isaiah Nayor into this? I mean, because you have A.D. Mitchell you, as the big receiver on the outside. Xavier Worthy is your, your guy that can just jet past everybody. Jordan Whittington's your underneath guy. How do you work in a guy like like Isaiah Nayor into this lineup? So my understanding, Bobby, is that he was predominantly working as Xavier Worthy's backup. Uh, that surprised me a little. I think the coaches may who, – who knows what they're doing, uh, but – I had anticipated him being cross-trained as Worthy's backup and A.D. Mitchell's backup. And then, frankly, with A.D. Mitchell, you know, I thought Nair would take a third of the snaps out there because I, I kind of want to put A.D. Mitchell in an early season pitch count, particularly given his history. And you just – when your big outside receiver is running his hardest on every play, that really stresses a defense. That really stresses that corner out there. Uh, he feels naked out there with, with those big guys running down the field their hardest. And then you want to uh, – Xavier Worthy's sort of your move receiver, right? He's, he's your guy that you're scheming around and running around in motion. And I like Nayor in that role as well because having a big, strong, fast guy doing that also stresses the defense, right? He, he's a different skill set than, than Worthy. Uh, so my thought was he'd be the guy splitting a third, a third with those two. I don't know how that ultimately is going to go. I, I think – Truthfully, I, I think they've got multiple receivers they like. I think Nayor is going to be the guy that's the fill-in. And the fill-in, by the way, also could be Xavier Worthy spelling Whittington. So when that happens, Worthy, uh, Nayor goes to Worthy's spot, etc. I mean, the point is everyone's got to get a chance to eat. And with wide receivers, you can have a big game impact with 36 snaps, right? It's about your targets. It's not necessarily snaps on the field. 
Uh, and it's also what's getting schemed to you, right? We've got certain plays routed to Xavier Worthy, not the position that he plays. Uh, Tom Herman, if you'll recall, had receiver rotations that you throw to the flanker or whatever he he designated it. And it, you could have your third team guy in there. And that was the guy who, who was being targeted on third and seven on a crucial down. And uh, I don't think Sark thinks that way. I think he yep. thinks player play. Yes, I agree. Uh, and that is definitely a thing. Talk about player play. Uh, let's talk about Gabe Winslow and market advantage. Uh, our sponsor for the Saturday conversation. Bobby with the slick segue. I freaking love it. Talk about players. You just saw a player in action right there. I guess if you do 30 hours of video every day, Bobby, you get really good at that. We got a player on the screen right now. His game is Gabe Winslow. Uh, he is a player off the field. And we're, we're talking about the players on the field. But if you go off the field, you want to go at the very best, just like the players on the field. That's Gabe. UT grad, law degree. He's been in every aspect of the mortgage industry. Uh, and he knows it backwards and forwards talk about cross training this guy knows every single bit of this and give him a call and you'll understand the difference between a really sharp mortgage guy and, and finance guy and your typical quote monkey give him a call 832-557-1095 or you can reach him at mortgagesbygabe.com hey let's talk about defense now we, we, yes, we uh, went, went over there on offense uh, defensive main position battles i know Eric Nalene saying that we think David Bend is the starter at will. Anything else you're looking at for this uh, scrimmage coming up? I am very interested in three things. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Let me know if you want to talk about any of them. Yeah. Uh, cornerback, I'm fascinated by that. Safety specifically, and I hate to be the Debbie Downer. I, I apologize for bringing it up. We need to be sure about our third safety specifically Jalen Catalan's backup. Okay. That's just, that's the elephant in the room. And then third, I want to talk about packages. I want to talk about packages specifically up front, because I think the coaches are going to use this scrimmage to cement and maybe do a little experimentation, but actually cement our 
situational football packages, meaning what run-stopping group do we absolutely want out there when it's that time, when it's that play that matters? What pass-rushing group do we absolutely want out there? And now it's not just one set of guys. I mean, there's certain guys that we know are better against one or the other. What was good, what was interesting to me, Bobby, is that when I made a list of the guys that I'd want out there in passing situations and also rushing situations, there was carryover. Some of them switch positions, though. So Alfred Collins, I want him out there to three technique on a passing down. On a running down, fourth and one in Tuscaloosa, Texas 38-yard line, we're, we're up three. I want Alfred Collins out there playing on the edge. And Byron Murphy, I actually like him in both packages. Uh, that's probably why he's one of the more valuable players on the team, right? Uh, Trill Carter, I think he's more run-oriented. Tavondre Sweat can be both. If he's a little tired, he's more run than, than pass. Uh, Sadir Mitchell, for two plays, I think the guy's a monster. You don't want to get him caught out there when the other team's running hurry up. Okay. You want to be able to get him off the field. So you got to be careful with that and substitutions. Baron Sorrell, I'm good with either. Uh, that's kind of a versatile piece like Collins and Murphy. And then Hill, Anthony Hill. We've got to have him out there in clear passing situations. And I know he's not a defensive lineman, but I think we might deploy him sometimes as an edge guy, sometimes as your delay blitz linebacker, just looking for space and, and light. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of what's on my mind. Cornerback, getting a safety replacement for Catalan when needed or if needed, and then kind of what our packages are going to look like up front. Let, let's talk about the packages because I think I have a, a clear answer on the other two. The, the other piece, Ethan Burke, you know, how does he – does he come off the field when his – I mean, look, his biggest part of the game is pass rush. Yes. Right? Um does he come off the field or does Baron Sorrell? I mean, Sorrell led the team in, in sacks last year. I, I don't um, like to take Baron Sorrell off the field. I don't either because you're giving up too much against the run, even on third and eight, you know? And also, we're talking about these substitution patterns as if it's the 1982 NFL. The fact is, we always talk about this, and I, I fall victim to it too, Bobby. You can't get your situational substitution in half the time on third down. Right? Not against Mike Gundy, that's for no, sure. No, Mike Gundy won't let you do it. And one of the yeah. one of the many subtle reasons he's a good football coach, right? He denies you of certain play styles or packages, understanding what you're trying to do, right? Uh, I I think Ethan Burke is sort of my neutral guy if I have a choice. You're not sure if it's run or pass, and he's a complimentary other edge across from Sorrell, but. Boy, if, if I'm really sure that Bama wants to run the ball and they got Jalen Milrow in there and they're trying to run some, some quarterback option and quarterback inside zone, I'm going to move Alfred Collins out there and I'm going to get Tavondre and Byron Murphy in there and, and Sorrell, and, and we're going we're gonna to stop that real quick. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. What, what, what is your thought on that? Do you think Burke – I think Burke's more of a generalist. I don't have him pigeonholed in any particular role. I think that he's the most natural pass rusher of every down lineman, even more so than Alfred Collins. That being said, I don't know that he's better than Anthony Hill. I don't think he's more explosive. So I, 
I, I think it's you're bringing up a good question, and maybe that's why we're we're having the discussion, right? Obviously, the, I I think that these discussions are happening in the coaching office. Yeah, I do too. That's what I mean. I, I think that's what's neat about it is I think they're wondering, do we want Burke on the edge doing edge stuff, or do we want Hill out there running around and sprinting up to a gap right before the snap and sprinting through it like a freaking leopard. And the offensive lineman is standing there paralyzed as this flash goes, goes right by him. Uh, it's a, it's a good question. It's, it's, it's a, but you know what? The good news is we're having this discussion means we have options, right? We would not have this discussion in 2021, Bobby. No. And, and if we were, the, the players were names that didn't make many, didn't make many plays on the field. Hey, um, you, you talk about corner. Let me try to explain this the best I know how, okay? You have four corners right now truly vying for time. They are Ryan Watts, uh, Terrence Brooks, Manny Muhammad, and uh, Gavin Holmes. Two of those players can only play truly two of those positions. Ryan Watts is only a boundary corner. Gavin Holmes is only a field corner. Manny Muhammad and uh, Terrence Brooks can play boundary and field. Brooks is a little bit older, okay? He's got more experience. He's worked at boundary corner more. So he's perhaps seeing a little bit more time there as a backup to Watts and might be paired with, with uh, Muhammad in the field. I want to see how, this ro- how Texas rolls this out. But the reality of it is, is I think that they're cross-training Muhammad and Brooks with the idea that that Holmes and Watts can't really move off their spots. So that's that's how that's being looked at right now, Paul. The, the backup safety is a huge question for me. Do you go with someone that you know is going to be in the right place but may not have the athleticism you want in Michael Taft? Do you go with Keaton Crawford, who's proven somewhat, uh, you know, slow to react at times at safety? Or do you – you put a guy like B.J. Allen out there that flashed a little bit in spring, or even a Derek Williams, who uh, coaches are extraordinarily high on early in the camp. Even Jaron Thompson's high on him. I don't know who the third safety is right now, Paul. Um, I, I, I'd say that the, the floor is Michael Taft. The ceiling might be Derek Williams. Well, it's on another one of your videos, uh, I think you were musing with Ian or Jerry, I'm not sure, uh, about why they were cross-training Jalen and Jaron. And I, yep. I was watching it, and I had my hand up saying, I, I know, call me. Uh, it's for Jalen Catalan going out. It's yep. They want to replace – so Jaron Thompson can move to whatever safety position they feel one of the three guys you named is best suited for. So if they want a react safety uh, – or actually I should say a point-and-shoot safety – hey, go do this and be athletic, it's going to be Keaton Crawford. And they're going to tell Thompson, hey, you go do the coordination and you're going to be our true safety, right? Uh, Taff is a different you know, direction. And then I think B.J. Allen might be the guy that intrigues me. I, I don't doubt Derek Williams is going to do stuff that, on the 40. It's a little early for him. I also think it could be situational and matchup, right? Uh, kind of back to corner, right? I can envision 
I, I would be very reluctant to take Ryan Watts off the field against Bama. Okay. Right. Oh, these, yes. Yeah. Against Houston, I might play Gavin Holmes 55 snaps, Bobby. You, you kind of read me? You, you like feel me where I'm coming from here? Oh, yeah. Put more speed on the field against guys that you're not worried about that outside run. And now you're Houston, not worried about the corner and run support against Houston other than bubble screens. And, then, and, and, right? and Houston understands their only strength is wide receiver. So they're going to flood the field with wide receivers. And Texas's response should be great. We've got the personnel and we can go corner for corner on you. And by the way, our pass rush is going to get home because your offensive line can't block us for four quarters. So I think there's going to be some styles make fights. I think there's going to be some situational matchups. And I love the versatility of Brooks and Muhammad. Um, if I had my druthers, I think Muhammad might be a better field guy. Uh, Brooks, I'm not sure yet because I was very impressed by what he did in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, less than impressed than what he did in some early season games. But I think he's grown, and that's the nature That's the nature of you – know, look, talk to Michael Huff, talk to any of those guys who played at Texas. Early in their careers, Bobby, a lot of elite defensive backs at Texas were kind of a curse word early in their careers. And then they blossomed into these complete studs. So, you know, that's how it goes. And, and I think Muhammad and, and Brooks are, are tracking that. And then you've got this steady, eddy, high floor guy like Watts. And then you've got a guy like Holmes, who I'm told is the best pure man cover guy. Go take that guy out of the game, preferably a little guy, right? I, th I think he could get posted up by a dude who's 6'5". But uh, I, I just love the options and the optionality in our secondary. I hope we take full advantage of it. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it's good. Uh, Paul, another really good discussion for a Saturday morning. I appreciate your time, bud. Uh, tell everybody about your your book, not your magazine, but right. your book, Thinking Texas Football. I got it right here. <laughs> uh, picture of Jordan Whittington right there. Uh, you can find it anywhere. It's probably the most it, – it is the most comprehensive Texas preview you can read. My God, 177 pages. If I was a talented writer, it would have been 40, but I had a lot to say. Uh, great contributions from Will Gallagher, photographer at Inside Texas. Also a great recruiting piece from Eric Nalin, who was gracious enough to chip in. More importantly, it's the most comprehensive review of this football team. It's also a comprehensive review of every opponent that we play uh, to include the Big 12 teams that we do not play because they're relevant and because you might be watching their games against other teams that have impact on Texas. I think you want to know who they are too. So there's 18 teams reviewed in all when you add Rice, Bama, and of course, Wyoming. So I think if you read it, you're going to get a lot more enjoyment out of the season. And a lot of people use it as a season reference because it's evergreen. And a lot of the observations I'm, I'm happy to say that I made in this book are things that are, are happening in fall camp and are getting validated. Uh, and I, I got to say the realignment article that I wrote to intro it about our move to the SEC, it proved prophetic because it, it, it said this was just the beginning and there's a lot more dominoes to topple. And then within like days of the publication, the dominoes start toppling. So it was fun. I appreciate you allowing me to plug it, Bobby. And, yeah, uh, tell people tell people where they can get it though, too, Paul. Oh, thank I, you. Buddy. I got it myself. You know that. I, you can I buy this paperback right here at Amazon. Uh, if you want to buy the e version and immediately have it in your hands, go to Apple or go to Smashwords. Smashwords is an independent publisher. You can read it on your Kindle. You can read it on your iPad there, uh, and they're both great. Um, 
options. I do want to say that the paperback version is black and white, the, the photos. So if you want the full photo effect of Will Gallagher, and he's a talented dude, I'd say get the E version. Got it. All right. Uh, that's Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll have more on the Longhorn scrimmage uh, later today on Inside Texas and on Texas football. For Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks for watching.